1: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: So there's so many things that go on every single day that and that's not even part of being on the water. Then there's this, this side of, you have to know where the fish are. You have to know how to catch them, You have to be patient. You have to be able to coach your client, who's never, my guys today were from California, had never been fishing on the flats before. They had never seen a redfish before. They had never sight fished before. So having to coach through that, and it, it's it's a tag team, It's it's a team effort. And then to see that, that's why I do it. Because when it does come together, all of that work and pressure and time and energy goes away, and there's that excitement when you hook up, and it, it, it just—I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Seriously, it never—it never gets old. And I—I—I I, I tell my family, I guess the day that it gets old, um, I'll retire. I'll do something else. I'll take up golf. I'll, I don't know. I'll do something else. But until then rock and roll baby we're gonna we're gonna fish. we're in we're gonna go hunt these fish we're gonna i love that. i love
0: that. hey everybody welcome back to another great show here this week we have got a great one for you lined up we've got none other than captain jonathan moss from the captain's log tv which is currently airing its third season on waypoint tv right now which you can catch And uh, for free, download the app at waypointtv.com. But Jonathan's got a great story he's going to share with us today about how he kind of changed his career and path in life um, from being a teacher to a fishing guide full-time and and starting up a TV show and and everything he's got going along with that. And uh, I got to meet Jonathan back at ICAST this summer, and uh, we had a great conversation and wanted to catch up and do a podcast, and we finally got to sit down and do that. And uh, we're going to bring it here to you today. So hope you really enjoy this one and get ready for Captain Jonathan Moss. Well, dude, uh, thanks so much for being on the show here tonight. Jonathan, welcome to Impact Outdoors podcast. And uh, so glad we got to run into each
2: other over at uh, ICAST this summer. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Derek. It is a pleasure to, uh, do this with you tonight. And, uh, yeah, we met, I was going through my calendar and list of things I had to do. And then I look over and we, we kind of had a moment we cl- caught eyes and you came over and say, Hey, I'm Derek. I'm like, Hey, I'm Jonathan. You're like, let's get together and have a podcast. And yeah, talk. man. Like, I'd,
0: yeah. I'd, I'd seen the show and, um, and, uh, seen you earlier in the day or something, I had a whole list of people I was trying to get with, you know, every time we go to ICAST, you know, we got a lot of to do's to check off and, and you were the one that people I wanted to connect with this year. And so glad we got to run into each other. So, but, um, you know, first off, I got to ask you right off the top, man, why did you want to be a fishing guide and why the heck did you want to start a TV show? Because that is from the outside might look easy to a lot of people, but I know, from the guiding and knowing people that have their own shows that it is not
2: well listen being here in florida i used to work at an orange juice factory uh but i got canned (laughs) (laughs) we're going (laughs) down this route aren't we (laughs) they they said i couldn't concentrate (laughs) yeah Oh, man, the dad jokes are flying already. Listen, I uh, I used to be a teacher, and I I enjoyed it. I loved um, – it really fit my lifestyle. I, I, I Dude, I would take my skiff to school. And uh, when I first started, – I started a new school, and I started bringing my boat. People were like, who's got the boat in the parking lot? But I'd get done with work at 3 o'clock, you know, and this, until – Daylight savings time ends. I would, I could get to the coast in an hour. I'd be in the water by 4.30. I was on my spot. I could fish for three, four hours. Right. Um, and man, I'd, I'd had a blast. And then I could run back home to Orlando, clean the boat in bed by 10 30, 11. Being the teacher, if I was too tired or the, the bite was on, you know, we could have a little fun day with the kids. I didn't have to do too much being with P. We'd have a, we call it Fun Friday. It could be any day of the week. And uh, my assistant, she would look at me, she goes, coach, you look tired. You must have been fishing last night. And I was like, you know it. (laughs) So it went from that to uh, just, it wasn't my passion. And uh, it wasn't where I felt God was calling. He he called me to do that at the time. uh, But I knew there was a, another route and I didn't know what that looked like. And I started praying about it and I said, God, what do you want me to do? Cause I feel like you're closing this door and I don't know what door's opening. And the next thing, you know, uh, he, he said, you're going to go fishing. Of course I was all for it. And, uh, after I, I picked up my jaw off the ground, um, and you know, we just, things fell into place. Um, it wasn't uh overnight thing. Um, you know, it was a, a process of getting my captain's license, uh, working an extra, um, Playing music around town, Orlando, saving that money, getting roommates to live here at the house with me to help pay for the mortgage and utilities and all that, so I could put all that extra money aside, so that I could step into this world of guiding. Um, and then when I did, took that, when I did take that leap into guiding full time, it wasn't easy. You know, your your phone doesn't just automatically ring because you put up a website.
0: No, and you it does not.
2: It no, you know that just doesn't happen. So there was that continual uh, trust and faith of God, if you put me in this position and it's, it's it's gotta happen. And uh, I remember early on, I was, my wife and I were still dating. Um, At this point uh, we were engaged and, and I, and I remember, and I'm sure her parents didn't have this process this didn't this thought, but in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, they're, daughter just got engaged to a guy who has a full-time job a, a secure job as a teacher and then right before they get married he quits right <laughs> and then he starts this whole new adventure of guiding and expecting but um, yeah we weren't engaged yet but she was over and we were really I needed I needed to work and uh, I was praying that God would provide uh, for us and I said I, I was behind on on my goals. I had a certain number of trips that I was I was hoping to accomplish every month so I could be at a certain number at the end of the year and I no. was I was behind. I was three trips behind and I was having a pretty good month but I was behind I was hoping and praying for a little bit extra and I remember while we were sitting there praying my phone buzzed I needed three trips to catch up and my phone buzzed three times. And it was th- three different emails for three different trips. And when we finished and we, I, we said, amen, and I looked at my phone, I was just, I mean, we brought us the tears and we're just like, okay, so we're just going to, we're just going to trust. And guiding is a lot of work. Um, a little. <laughs> I, co- a, a, yeah. I was talking to my clients about that today. Like n- people don't, I had a lady the other day. She goes, man, you, you got the life. You just are yep. out here taking people fishing. This is the easiest thing ever. And literally the next cast, big bird's nest. And I'm like, yep, 20 minutes later, I got it all out, right? Yeah. So there are so many things behind the scenes, uh, pre and post trip, um, buying, buying gas, buying bait, getting rigged up, uh, being organized, cleaning the boat. Putting, getting your my reusable ice packs and cleaning those every day and throwing those in the freezer. They're actually still in my boat right now. I got to do that when we're done with this. So there's so many things that go on every single day that, and that's not even part of being on the water. Then there's this, this side of you have to know where the fish are. You have to know how to catch them. You have to be patient. You have to be able to coach your client who's never, my guys today were from California, had never been fishing on the flats before they had never seen a redfish before they had never sight fished before so having to coach through that and it, it's it's a tag team it's it's a team effort mm-hmm. and then to see that that's why i do it because when it does come together all of that work and pressure and time and energy goes away and there's that excitement yep. when you hook up and it, it, it just That I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Seriously. It never, it never gets old. And I, I, I tell my family, I guess the day that it gets old, um, I'll retire. I'll do something. I'll take up golf. I'll, I don't know. I'll do something else. But until then, rock and roll, baby. We're going to, we're going fishing. We're going to go hunt these fish. We're going to, I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah. And that comes up all the time on my trips too. You know, I like, Oh you yeah, know, you got it. This is the life and everything. I'm like, yeah, it's fun. I love doing it, you know, but it's like my day usually starts the night before. Cause I don't know if, if you're like me or not, but I usually I'm up rigging rods and stuff, but, you know, till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Seems like sometimes just because I'm still working full time and, and getting that stuff prepped and ready to go get everything ready to go to leave out it. Four thirty, five 35 o'clock in the morning over here to go get bait and and whatnot to go to wherever we're fishing in this bay system and and uh time we get done fishing about one one o'clock two o'clock you know it's five or six time i get home get the boat clean everything put up
2: <laughs> yep so. and for guys like us who are married and have kids you know i, I do a lot of stuff early in the morning and then late at night simply because i when i get home i want to stop the fishing side so that I can spend time with my kids. I can spend time with my wife. Um, yep. And that's super important and more important to me than catching a fish. But that's how we pay the bills. And that's so, so, then, so you just have to a lot of get up early's and a lot of staying up late. That's, yep. that's yep. what, that's what it is. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's worth it. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And, so with uh, that, with that
0: busy schedule, like, how the heck did the TV show come about? Right? I mean, Why would I mean, earth when somebody... Are you making up time <laughs> over there or what? Because <laughs> I don't have any time to
2: do that. Listen, before we got connected tonight, I was working on the script for the next episode for the narration. Uh, my wife was holding our newborn. We have a baby boy who was born two weeks ago. So I'm bouncing off ideas to her while she's rocking a baby who's hungry and cranky and getting ready to go to bed. So uh, the whole TV show side of it is again, another, another passion, another dream, another something I've been thinking about for a long time and, uh, started this process Man, we launched May of 2020 and I started this whole process almost two years prior. Um, yeah filming and editing and learning and and did that for two years. And none of that that we filmed, we filmed like six episodes. None of that came out. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we started the captain's log and released the season, um, that was all brand new stuff. So in that whole process of, of that whole two years of just learning and, and, building relationships with companies and people and other guides and, and spending time on the water and trying to put all of that into my brain and learning and how to execute it. Um, there was a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of highs and lows in that two years. Um, but it got us to the point of where, where we are today, where, where, we have a plan, we have an idea. Um, it doesn't always work out Weathered and fish and things happen, but, Mm -hmm. Uh, the show is, the show is fun. It is, it is a, a creative outlet for all of us. Uh, my wife included, and we love it. Um, and eventually, ultimately my goal would be to transition into full-time content creation, um, and part-time guiding. I have a, a good group of, of clients who I will as long as they'll let me, as long as they keep coming, I'd love to continue to fish with them. I fish with a good group of people and families every year. Um, and so I would want to keep that going. Um, yeah. But the ultimate goal would be to transition into the, uh, the full-time content creation. But until then, <laughs> it goes back to the guiding. It's a lot of late nights, early mornings, and getting stuff done while the babies are sleeping. And uh, posting on social media and late night conferences. You believe it or not, I'm actually, when I get done with this tonight with you, I'm driving to Gainesville to meet with Jack, who's our main photographer, main uh, videographer and editor. Um, And so we have a meeting tonight. So (laughs) long days, bro, long days. So if Coca-Cola could come on board as a sponsor, I'll be grabbing one of me a soda later and get some caffeine in me. Um, But the other day I got, um, I got a gift from somebody who, uh, a viewer of, and, and then I got a, I in fact I got a, a, a DM the other day. I get it all the time. Hey man, I love what you're doing. Hey, I love the passion. Hey, I'm watching the show. And, um, are you really that excited all the time, man? You're just, these are the things that keep me going. Mm -hmm. Uh, when people who I I had a guy email me the other day from um, South America, like Brazil, and he's watching the show. I'm just like, that is so cool. And he's like, Hey, I just, I got a couple of questions about this type of you're using the temple fork outfitter rods. Can you tell me more about, I love that. So that kind of stuff keeps me going, man. I, I I'm thrilled that people are, investing their time into watching the captain's log that makes me so happy and that makes the late nights and all the extra hard work um and time worth it and i I love that yeah blown away blown away
0: yeah it's crazy when i started this podcast you know it's just like guiding you know it takes a long time to build up any type of base and uh, uh we've been lucky and had some really you know good content come out and and uh have been able to kind of see that where people of all across the world are like listening to this and stuff and just all these different countries. And, and, um, it's pretty unique and, and kind of humbling to see that. And, uh, yeah. um, but yeah, that's cool when you hear from people, like I've had people reach out about, you know, certain episodes and stuff that just really impacted them. And, and that's awesome. Uh, just what they were going through or whatever at the time and stuff. And, uh, um, makes you feel good. So, yeah. Uh, and just like you brought up, you know, about your core, group of clients and stuff It's like I've noticed that like I probably get 75% of my businesses repeats now you know people have come back I mean I got some guys that go four or five times a year yeah which is freaking awesome you know and uh know that they like going out with you and, and there's a lot of guides over here that struggle with that because they're just not they're just not people person I mean they just a lot of people just don't know how to deal with with the public and, and people, you know, on their boat, like they may be great fishermen, but they're not great guides, even though they are guiding and stuff. And so you hear it, you hear that a lot, you know? Um, but you know, I think, I mean, we're pretty much the same. It's like, we want people to go out, have a good time, have memories, want
2: to come back and do it again. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I last week I took a a guy is the third time I've taken them on a charter. This time he brought his wife and, uh, you know, when, when they want to bring other family members with you, um, that's special because, you know, you have this bond with this person and, and w- when they have such a, a great time that now they want the rest of their family to experience it, that, that means a lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm very blessed and very thankful to be able to have the opportunity to be on the water as much as I am and, and take great people from all over the world fishing. Um, it's awesome. I love it.
0: Yep. So, so where'd you grow up at like, come, kind of what was your background? You know, as a kid growing up and, and stuff.
2: I grew up here in Orlando. I, uh, I moved out of my parents' house and got a house, uh, literally in the neighborhood half a mile away. So <laughs> I haven't moved far, <laughs> Um, but I tell you, being in Orlando, um, you're, we're, we're, an hour from the coast. So when I was, when I was six years old, my parents bought a little condo and Cocoa beach. So we had mm-hmm. best of both worlds. So I, I grew up bass fishing on the weekends. And then once we got the condo, we were alternating and going, uh, every other weekend, we were either bass fishing or we were saltwater fishing. So I was very blessed in that situation. Uh, and so I, I love uh, my roots are bass fishing. I love bass fishing. that yeah. was easy. We could we get home from school and and hook the boat up and be on the lake in no time. and so that was that was awesome. Uh, it started at three years old, catching bluegill. There's a little pond down the street and I, we're we've been practicing with my son out in the front yard and and casting he and we, he calls it real real, real real, and he just yeah. he just goes to town real <laughs> and but I want him to catch his first fish there. Um, and it's, it's right that down That would the be way. cool. So that would be special for me. But it all started here in Orlando in, in the little pond right down the road. And uh, uh, fishing with my dad. My dad loves the water. My dad loves to fish. My mom loves to fish. And that was our Saturday morning routine. And when I started playing sports, um, I'd get through the season. But, man, I, I missed fishing. And yeah. as I got older and was playing, you know, football in middle school and high school, coach would want us to have practice on Saturdays. I was like, "Man, I'll run the extra laps because Saturday mornings, that's my day. That's the only opportunity I have to go fishing." And uh, Friday nights, uh, country music. I had a beagle. I would hook him. We kept the boat in the garage. I'd hook my beagle to the front of the boat in the garage, and I get an RC cola. And we would sit there and we'd and he would he'd be howling at the cats and I'd be singing country songs and tying all my lines and sharpening the hooks, rigging up. And I was a little kid and my parents would come out and they'd laugh at me and you know, not not laugh at me, but yeah. chuckle like be excited that their son is just he's got his little thing, he's passionate about it. I didn't care about toys. I didn't care about video games. I just wanted to be outside and be on the water it's Yep. Still love
0: that. Yep. Yeah. I remember I had a giant tackle box. I always wanted to have the biggest tackle box and it was just chock full of everything you could think of. And and uh you know it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I grew up in Oklahoma, you know, so it was all freshwater fishing, but I didn't have anywhere super close to the house. So I mean, um creeks, you know, around school, man, I remember going and catching crawfish when i was younger just on a piece of bacon or something i just sit there and just fill a bucket up you know and now living in texas I'd be like damn man i should have i mean you could have ate all those things <laughs> <Could have crawfish laughs> boil with them, but, but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean bass and all that man when i moved my i've been down to texas several times and fished you know with some family and stuff and um didn't realize how strong that saltwater bug was until we moved down here yeah and it's just See, see people
2: ask me all the time, what do you prefer, salts or fresh? And that's tough because that saltwater bug, it bit yeah. me hard, but it's different. You're right. Yeah. And I tell people all the time that the tug is the drug. I don't care. I, I was fly fishing in the Smoky Mountains, uh, catching brook trout, no bigger than my hand. And I... In fact, the first one I caught, I was hollering so loud, these hikers on the trail right there stopped and asked if I was okay. <laughs> I was like, "Man, I'm on top of the world! Look at this little fish I just caught. It's absolutely beautiful. It's smaller than the mullet we use for bait back home." Like, but it didn't matter because the tug is the drug. So, I hear you though that that saltwater bug. And we jumped the tarpon a couple days ago in 64 degree water. I was like, "What in the world?" Like, yep. I love it. But. You, you put me in that sweet water and we go bass fishing. I love it too. I just, I just love it. I love it all. Yep. Okay. It's good. It's great.
0: Yep. Man, the tarpon, I finally landed my first one in Tampa, like to the boat and a small one. Um, I've hooked several, but that's the first one I actually got all the way to the boat. And, uh, and that was really cool. And then when we went this year, um, uh, we went with my buddy, Chris camps over there in Tampa and, he hands me a rod and, and we uh, there's four of us on the boat. And um, I had a couple friends from national pediatric cancer foundation that was fishing with us in the right before I cast. And, and I was like, Oh no, here you take it. You know, you're kind of guest on our trip. And I mean, first cast, Chris tosses it out. And I mean, like five seconds later, I just hear the drags, just screaming peeling off when we caught we He, he landed it. and We got it all the way up to the boat and it was a big, you know, triple digit fish first cast of the day the only one we hooked all day <laughs> oh but you know I was at right after when the red tide really going strong yeah. and i was surprised how many fish that we end up seeing and then we caught tons of snook and and uh, some trout and stuff too but but um you know where we were at i guess it was closer to downtown maybe mm-hmm. um there was a lot of fish still you know moving around which was good water looked yeah. good so we've been really lucky i mean florida's had to deal with this red tide stuff so much the last few years and i know a lot of it is is um it's always present naturally but you know with some of the stuff that's going on over there that y'all are fighting with and it's really exacerbated the the problem with that stuff these algal blooms and and uh, we're so fortunate we have not had a major red tide over here for quite a while so knock on wood yeah on our
2: On my end, where I'm at in the Space Coast, we don't have a red tide. We have a brown algae. Um, <clears throat> and it's a little different. Um, our water looks like Yoo-Hoo. Um most, most of Kind of like people. Galveston Bay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and there's there are some pros, and there's a ton more cons. One of the pros is the fish don't see you um, because the water's so dirty. Um, but one of the cons is unless the fish are tailing or pushing – you don't see them. So, um, there's a lot that's going on with that. Our grass is dying because of it. Uh, the fish have changed kind of their behavior instead of being in a pothole or mm-hmm. now they're around tree limbs or mangroves or, uh, some kind of structure out in the water. So things have changed. Um, but there's a lot of momentum in, in change and in creating and fixing, uh, some of these issues. And, uh, so thankfully we're taking steps to, resolve some of these problems but it's going to take time it's going to take time it's going to take energy it's going to take commitment and money and uh, eventually hopefully soon sooner than later these issues can be fixed not only in my part of the state but all over the state and all the other issues that got going on Um, but with that being said there's still fish here there's still fish to be caught Um, and uh, it, it does create a little bit more of a challenge but Fishing is always a challenge, so that's that's kind of a yeah, kind of part of part for the course. So, so with those
0: kind of issues, you know, where you're fishing primarily over on the East Coast, I mean, is it does the stuff that's been happening in the Everglades and you know, um, all the tension that's been given down there, is that kind of take away from what y'all have had to deal with,
2: or you know, in if, in my opinion, um, yes, I'm sure it does. It's yeah. it's gotten. I was at a Florida Fish and Wildlife Redfish Summit earlier this year, and uh, they grade all of the state and they break it up into regions and they give the region a grade. And our Space Coast grade was an F, it was awful. Mm. Um, and I think it's gotten to the point where, because it's so bad, it's starting to get a little bit more attention. But it doesn't have the name. I, I don't want to say it doesn't have the name. Mosquito Lagoon is, is world-renowned. People yeah. know the Mosquito Lagoon, um, but it doesn't have the, the name as like the Everglades. More people have heard right. of the Everglades um, outside of the fishing industry than they would the Mosquito Lagoon. So I think that's been a big part of the push for restoring the flow in South Florida, um, sending that fresh water through the Everglades and and eliminating the discharges out through the Castellucci on the West Coast and through um, St. Louis, uh, St. Lucy Inlet on the the East Coast, excuse me. So Mm -hmm. that's gotten more media attention, um, but our governor has been, pushing for some change and, and there's organizations like capture clean water who are pushing for change who are, are, are working for uh legis- legislation to be uh to happen and money and so there's things that are, are happening but with anything involving the federal government it takes time uh and and it doesn't just happen overnight and these these fixes aren't going to happen overnight and because that water is brown our grass is dying manatees are dying Um, And when the manatees die, people's attention, people, it gets people's attention. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that has helped in the last uh, this year, the last couple of months, people are really starting to groups outside of the fishing world are starting to take notice. And uh, that helps having attention on a situation helps uh, get the word out and and get changed, get that ball rolling to get the change to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, I know when, um, like when Daniel Andrews started with the other guys down there, you know, captains for clean water and stuff. I mean, it was, it went from nothing to something really fast. I mean, they were really, you know, instrumental in, in getting to, the government to make some changes and, and people start pushing legislature forward and stuff. And, and, um, it's the same way over here with, with everything, you know, I mean, you've got groups like CCA and you know, the different Bay estuary programs up and down the coast. And, and, uh, like when we had our freeze this year, I don't know if you heard yeah. much about yeah. it, but it was bad. It was really, really bad. And the turtles, you know, probably took the spotlight because we had like, I think it was something like 8,000 plus that were rescued. You know, I don't know how many ended up, you know, not making it, but, you know, we start mentioning just like mantis, you start mentioning sea turtles dying and stuff like that. People, you know, you're going to get some national headlines and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we had yeah. major, major fish kills on the lower coast, uh, all the way up to just south of here in, uh, in Galveston. So, um, and then like right now we're just going through some potential, regulatory changes for, um, the next two to three years is what you know, we're potentially looking at going to, so we'll be interested and in see what comes out of that. So,
2: well, I tell um, you, I'm, I'm for the closures. I'm for the changes. I'm for giving our fish a break. All of my charters are, are catch and release. Our fish need some help. They need a break and yeah. whether well, they're dealing with so many water issues. The last thing you need to do a is kill them and eat them. And be the last thing you do is is just take them out of the water. And so our stock is limited. It doesn't mean there's not fish, doesn't mean you can't catch fish, but catch your fish, get your quick pit, get it back in the water, revive it, let it go. Um, The the future generations need it. My kids need it. Their kids need it. So making, having closures and um, becoming conservation minded and thinking about, man, it's not about me. I need to be a good steward of what God has provided for us and let these fish go and enjoy them in that moment, let them go and then catch them again another day, you know, and, and it, it catch and release works. There's I drum spots on, um, Instagram. They are constantly posting photos of fish that were caught and then re caught and then re caught and then re I love seeing that. And, and a lot of times these guys are measuring the fish, uh, and their length and posting that. And then three months later, someone catches it and they post the link and it grew. And so to see that whole Mm -hmm. process is really cool. Um, But it, it works. And uh, the speckled truth is another podcast I was listening to. They're based in Texas. I was listening to one of their uh, podcasts recently and they were talking about they did, they took 50, I'm gonna get these numbers wrong, but they took 50 trout and they beat them up. They, they wiped the slime off of them with with towels they put them in the live well and then they took them to their their tanks where they had their they did their labs work and all that and then they released <clears throat> all the fish and it was like 90 something percent of the fish survived and they tagged a bunch of them and um, they put these little these little sonars in them so they can they yeah. can follow them and 90 something percent of the fish, in this study survived. So if that trout can go through all of that stress and arm, re- catching the fish and quickly releasing it, that has a huge impact on these fish and their longevity. Um, and though the few fish that didn't make it in that study were gut hooked. So mm-hmm. they, they, they got it back in the gullet and they just didn't do well after that. Um, yeah. So just an incredible study. These fish are resilient and they need our help. Uh, and so going catch and release and, and having these closures on these fish, especially around the state of Florida, that are getting hit hard with these red ties and these algae blooms. It is a good thing. It is a really good thing.
0: Yeah. And it, it's crazy too, because um, since COVID happened, and I talk about this almost every podcast, but, you know, talking about all these environmental factors and everything, but, I mean, we have so many guides over here. I know it's the same over there. It's just an endless, you know, amount. And it's always amazed me how there's always people to go fishing, to take fishing. And there's always clients. But, man, since the pandemic started, um, I've never in my life seen so many people outdoors, whether it's fishing or hunting or what, just getting the family out. But our water traffic has just went through the roof over here and um, it continued right on into this year you know and we're back to normal for the most part you know yeah. and
2: uh, um i'm sure it's probably the same yeah it's the same guys. here i i joke and say y'all need to go back to work yeah, get off the water exactly. it's, it's tuesday what are you doing <laughs> yep yep <laughs> no, it's think, the same uh, here and it it was i mean it's great for the fishing industry cuz so many people were buying cuz things were closed they couldn't go do other things so they they got their fishing rods their gear and they, they went, they were going fishing. Um, they actually closed the ramps here for a while and the only people on the water were people who were in the Marina or had access to a ramp, uh, which it was, was crazy. crazy during the pandemic. Yeah. So yeah. I'm um, guilty of pushing my skiff down, the. Uh, a dirt embankment a few times. <laughs> I can't push my blue wave off the, off the trailer. No,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> listen, you got to go on, on uh, Amazon order. Some of that liquid rollers. Oh yeah. You, you'll you get that boat off that trailer. I promise you. Oh, it I've might hit a story the bottom. That stuff,
0: man. <laughs> I, I, uh, real quick, man, my, uh, uh, an old neighbor of ours, I went fishing with him and he was, he had a big, aluminum craft. I think it was like a 24, 25 foot man is huge bass boat. And, uh, the thing was always stuck to the trailer, man. He sprayed them bunks every time he took it off. And we went to the lake, we got everything ready. And I walked down the ramp he was backing it down. It's pretty steep incline. Next thing I know, I look and the boat just starts flying off the trailer. He had it slicked up so much. And I yelled at him and he just floored the gas man. And in reverse, and then it laid the boat back on the trailer and he got it close enough to water. And he slammed on the brakes and the boat shot off in the oh. lake. And then he just put it bark, <laughs> jumped in the water, swam to the boat, and it was, like, December.
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> like, forget about it. We're going fishing. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> and then we
0: did. We went out and caught probably the biggest uh, white bass either of us have ever caught. So. Wow.
2: <laughs> that stuff
0: does work. So, yeah. No, yeah, it's crazy. Uh,
2: yeah. I was going to say I, I don't want to end up on the qualified captains so. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't ever unhook my boat from my trailer until I am ready for it to come off. <laughs> Cuz liquid rollers works. <laughs> yes, they, it does work for sure. So
1: <laughs> But Maybe.
0: um well how did you uh, um So we're both on waypoint um yep. which is an amazing thing I remember when, um, Tom and the group came out with this concept and, and I didn't know too much about it at the time, but never thought I'd be part of that, you know? Um, but how did that process go? You know, when you were trying to get the show
2: on air? Well, you said it, I, I remember when silver Kings first came out, um, waypoint, you can watch it on their website or you can watch it on waypoints website. And, uh, on my lunch breaks at school. My <clears throat> my computer one year broke. Something was wrong with it. I, I'm, I have no idea what's wrong with it. And they had it for months. And uh, so I'd have to go to the teacher's lounge to send emails and whatever. So I would do that during a lunch break. And I would take my headphones and I would watch Silver Kings. And I would, every once in a while, I'd get tapped on the shoulder because I would get so loud yelling at the, at the T at the, the computer screen and fishing. But that was my introduction to waypoint. And uh, when we started filming year uh, three years ago, I said, that's, that's the ultimate goal is to be on waypoint. And, um, God just opened some doors, um, January last year. And I had an interview with uh, builder Brock at waypoint. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was very, nervous, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm still a nobody. I'm not trying to be anything, but a guy who likes to fish. Yeah. And so when I met with builder, I had eight pilot, eight, one episode and, uh, I presented that two way point and I was, I had no idea what to expect. I had no background in television and they, we had a meeting and, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. He was. he got called me. He said, I'm going to call you on this day. And the phone never rang. All day. Every time my phone rang, I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's, it's him. It's him. It's him. And I look at my phone and it's not him. It's someone wanting to book a trip or it's spam or someone trying to sell me car insurance or something. And I was, I was at the beach at the condo with my family, my wife and my parents. And my mom's like, I'm hungry. Let's order pizza. And I'm thinking, okay. Something came up. He's not going to call today. And then the pizza got there, and he called. And we talked for, man, two hours, and we had just the best conversation. And uh, he told me a lot. and I learned a lot from that conversation. And at the end of it, um, he extended an invitation to be on Waypoint. And, man, I was just like – I was floored, blown away. And very just – I was shocked. I was just so – I was I was at a loss for words. I was so thankful and excited and pumped and all these things were about to happen. I didn't even care about the pizza being cold or having to wait all day. It was worth it. And uh, then the work began. And and that that was exciting. I was so stoked. And I'm still so stoked and so thankful and and honored to be a part of the Waypoint family. It's a great platform quality quality content on the fishing yes. and the hunt, hunting side. And it's a free app, downloadable on any device. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It's, it's such an awesome platform. Um, so I'm so thankful to be there, and uh, it's because of being on Waypoint that we're able to get uh, our our show out to people all over the world. And we're just very blessed by it. Yeah, it's
0: been really good, and and um, especially on like on my side on the podcast network, um, which used to be the outdoor collective podcast network now and um there's just so many people to collaborate with you know and uh being able to get access to everybody and and, and that kind of thing and so i really see that going um getting just bigger and bigger because i think when i jumped on there was 20 22 to 25 podcasts on it and i don't even know how many is on there now it's quite a mm. few i know they're yeah, you know, They were talking about quadrupling the number by the end of this year, which they probably are. So, wow. um, you know, and just, um, networking is such an important thing to me. I mean, being able to, to meet people and, and, and um, to work with each other and things like that. I mean, that's how you get anywhere in life anymore. You yeah. have to be able to network too, you know, and, and, um, how you can help out and, and vice versa and stuff. And and no matter
2: what industry you're in, that is. Yeah. Uh, you know, even with your, your neighbors, knowing what your neighbors yeah. do and, and what are their strengths and what are your strengths and how can you help them and how can they help you and, and working together. That's huge in life.
0: Yep. 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 My phone, I was on a, a fishing tournament Saturday and my phone kept being my little ring doorbell thing. And I was like, my family's gone at my daughter's soccer game, which they won by the way. And, uh, <laughs> I, I opened my phone and I opened the app and my neighbor is walking out of my house. And I was just like i called him because i mean we've lived next to each other forever and, and i was like excuse me can i help you <laughs> I was like oh yeah i locked myself out of the house so i had to put my keys back and was like see He's like it's a good thing we're nice to each other so. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you had to climb through the doggy door so <laughs> but yeah that's you know awesome. and, and uh that's kind of the whole reason i started the um the thing I mentioned you, you know, we did this hunt fish podcast summit last year or this year, earlier this year, and uh, just to be a big networking draw for people in the industry and and other podcasters and stuff. And uh, man, we're ramping up for next year, so hopefully you'll be able to come over and be a part of that, and um, and uh, we'll get a lot of a lot of good stuff and content to come out of that. So yeah. I look forward to it. Things like that, you know, going to ICAST and and all these other trade shows and um. um all those stuff that, you know, I see you doing, you know, you talked about that redfish summit that the fish Wildlife service had over there and going to CCA meetings and supporting groups and, and things like that. You know, it's all part of the the bigger plan. So, but, um, well, what have you got planned for the, this, uh, next year? I mean, you're still working on getting episodes. So for- season
2: three is out now. We are releasing a new episode uh, this weekend. that will be our fourth episode of season three. And uh, we have a few more to film uh, that we're going to be doing in December and then in January. I'm waiting on a few weather things to happen so we can get a few awesome episodes uh dialed in. Uh, I don't want to spill the beans, but we got some cool stuff up our sleeves for that. And uh, this season will finish up um, middle of February. So middle of February 2022. We'll take a little bit of a break. Um, January to May is real busy season down here in Orlando for families to visit and people going fishing. Uh, so I want to be as available as I can to take as many people fishing during that time. Uh, but somewhere in that mix, probably starting in April, um, we're going to start filming season four uh, to come out later on in 2022. So we have a lot going on. There is a lot of fish that we have yet to catch, uh, a, yet to showcase And captains all over the southeast. We, are, uh, we, we might be going out of the country for the first time. we got a nice. lot of stuff going on. Uh, I don't want to share too much of the cool stuff that's, that's on its way. But, um, you know, my, my thought is there is so much good fishing in the southeast all over the country. I'll mm-hmm. start there. But for the Florida angler, it is so easy to get on a, a plane and fly to Texas, to fly to Tennessee, go to Texas for inshore or big bass, fly to Tennessee and do trout, uh, rainbows, brooks, uh, browns. Uh, go to the North Carolina coast. Go to the South Carolina coast. Big bull reds in Virginia. I mean, there's so much that they could. It's all driving distance too. You could do that. I could drive to Texas in a day. It'd be a long day. Yeah, I'd have to yeah. make a couple a stops. Trip. <laughs> a couple stops at Bucky's to make sure yeah. I got there. Um, yep. <laughs> but but it's it's doable. And so that's something what we're really trying to showcase is yes, the Florida angler has so many opportunities in the state of Florida and throughout the Southeast. Uh, And then uh, Texas is on our radar. I'm dude, I'm dying to get out there and fish with you. See, I hear so many great things about the Texas coast and I've had a lot of fantastic friends and clients uh, and colleagues who live in Texas, dying to get out there and see what it's all about. I've only been to Texas twice. Once was in El Paso. Um, and the other was in Fort Worth and we went down to the stockyards and this Florida boy was fitting right in. I mean, yeah. we had a great time in Fort Worth, um, but I've yet to go and experience the fishing. And so that's on the list.
0: And it's so good. And, and it's like, it's just, it's just like there. I mean, we do have winter seasons and stuff. And, but I mean, you know, I love catching big fish. You know, I think you do too, (laughs) just from watching the show, but, uh, you know, like right now we're on the kind of the end of the kind of almost to the end of the fall redfish run. I mean, we've just been catching these monster 40 plus inch redfish, just trip, just almost as many as you want and wow. um we get out of that and, and we got flounder season going full full speed and then we get out of flounder season and into february starts the black drum run i mean we're catching 40 50 60 pound black drum you know on yes. the blue crab just i mean just hardest fighting fish you know out there and in, in the um and we go with that. I mean, you got trout and redfish all year long, all over the bay, different areas and stuff. So, and Sheep's Head's probably one of my favorite. You know, they're spawning, run out of the jetty passes and stuff in the spring, and, and uh, just constantly different. And y'all spe- like to get to go in after, the water. So,
2: I see a lot of guys wait. A lot f-
0: of guys wade fish over here. I'm not. I'm not much of a wade fisherman. I'm in the water enough at work, but, but uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of my buddies. That's all they do is wade fish. So.
2: I, uh, I prefer to be in the boat. Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't pay all that money for a boat to get out of it. So, But I, I'm ready to experience it all. You yeah. know, I, we, one thing we don't have here. And I hear about a lot is that slick on the water yep. where the trout are. And we don't, I've never seen that. That's yep. yeah. well, something that happens here on,
0: on my <clears throat> trout and the reds will slick, you know, quite a bit. And, um, it's funny when, when they're actively working and they just start popping up around you and you're just like, Holy crap, you know, it's getting ready to get real. And, um, um we, we had a tournament a couple of years ago, we were fishing way up in the end of East Galveston Bay. I mean, probably 16, 17 miles from the boat ramp. And, the uh, you know, we'd been fishing all day. We had about an hour left and literally right in front of me three slicks just popped you know mm. and they're probably like mm. small two three foot big around toss over instantly we're on a school of redfish and we caught i don't know seven or eight fish we got what we needed boogied back awesome. to the way in and um so it's just cool you know being able to see that stuff And me and tom talked about when i had him on um earlier this year uh tom roland about you know when he was tournament fishing so much he's like coming to Texas, it was always the hardest thing in the world because you can't see anything. It was like, yeah, you just got to look at it differently. You know, kind of like you're talking about, you know, you got to see the tail or, or see them pushing, pushing bait and stuff. So, but yep, it's a totally different, but we get times when it's crystal clear. I mean, right now, I mean, we've got a lot of super clear, clean water in the Bay where you could sight fish all the time. And the craziest thing is, you know, I've worked down here for 18 years and, uh, we see different stuff throughout the years that, you know, normally we're not seeing, like we see a lot of snook now we didn't see 15 years ago, we see more tarpon in the Bay now than we did. Um, I've caught one permit, a permit, really? um, since I've been here and in the past two weeks, they just got another one today, but we've seen four permit in the Bay up here, which is That's nuts, awesome. You know, That's awesome. And, and, uh, some, Somebody shared something on Facebook about it. I was like, no, those are Pompano. I was like, nope. We caught Pompano too, but these were permanent, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not huge, but I mean, they're, you know, probably 10, 12 inches. Yeah. And uh, just to know that they're here is pretty How pretty far cool. are you?
2: Because, you know, I'm thinking okay. we're like Mexico, like they have
0: good oh, yeah. snow, yeah. Yeah, have bonefish down there and, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. But um, they just don't tend to come up this far north. Usually Corpus which is about middle coast and down, you know, a lot of those warmer, um, climate fish will, will tend to stay in, but they've gradually moved up. Um, and they're not here all the time, but you know, a lot of the time of the year, like we got a fairly decent population of mangrove snapper, you know, in the yeah. bays and, um, um, but it's just so cool getting to see tarpon more and more, you know, resident fish that are staying yeah. here. Yeah so hopefully my kids will be able to catch a tarpon again and um, one of the ladies that, that used to work with me at my job she lives over in florida now um and uh, down on teresia bay and she works on sawfish and okay. uh, we haven't okay. had sawfish over here since like the 50s that have really been prevalent and um you know the mat last Remaining populations are over in Florida, you know, down there in the Everglades and, and stuff. And
2: uh, I have a, a friend, he's down <laughs> in Fort Myers, Captain John Conway, and he is, he has those fish figured out. Now you can't fish for them, yeah. but he has just spent time researching them and studying them and, and watching them and, and finding them. And um, yeah, he's got those. Those are such cool fish. Man, and they catch them cool. occasionally. They'll be shark fishing or, or doing something else and then yeah. they catch a, shark, uh, a sawfish and yeah. he's got I've seen photos of their side scan of that sawfish going by and you can make it out in oh, the yeah. imaging on, crazy? on the unit Oh, so cool those are such unique fish
0: yeah I couldn't imagine catching a 15 16 17 foot fish
2: <laughs> for here but they
0: used to catch them all the time and, and, uh, and they killed them all you know yeah. I mean they just everyone they caught they'd kill over here and hence they're not here anymore so but anyway man well dude i know we've been on here for a while and, and uh you still gotta go to another meeting it's already <laughs> almost 10 o'clock so um God life baby. life of a parent yeah <laughs> so oh. but man uh real quick just let everybody know where they can follow you um and uh catch the show and and stay up to date with you and stuff and uh
2: absolutely well there are several ways uh, first and foremost is going to Waypoint TV you can download the app on any device such great content there from podcast to, to hunting to fishing shows uh, documentaries all about the outdoors additionally you can follow us on our social media platforms that's at the excuse me at the Captain's Log TV I was going to say my charter company Go Castaway. you can follow that one too But at the Captain's Log TV, and that's on Waypoint, excuse me, that's on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. It's 10 o'clock. I'm getting tired. You can tell by the way I'm talking. There's several ways to find us, and those are the best places to follow us and watch along. Um, You can also stream the show on our YouTube channel. So, yeah, check in with us. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to talk to you. Check out the show and uh, if you have any fishing questions we're always open and willing to talk um, send us a dm and we're happy to answer them and, and just share with you the excitement of catching fish yeah and the charter one more time is the charter company is go castaway fishing charters and you can check that out on instagram at go castaway or go castaway.com
0: sweet dude well um thanks so much for doing this and uh I can't wait and uh, to get on the skiff with you Let's over it, there man. and hopefully we can get you over here so and hopefully we get you to Texas next spring
2: hey listen I'll trade so, you trips hey eh, it if works for you me fish Texas I'll take you fishing out here <laughs> it works for me dude I appreciate right. it brother yes sir thank you thank you for the opportunity and your time all right